0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, depending on what time you're listening to this. Welcome to the Victory Podcast. I'm your host Monique Watson. Thank you for listening. So on this episode, we spent some time talking to a close family friend of mine, Mr. Lloyd Dennis, and we kind of walked through a number of items. We talked about his life, his his career, and we got some advice because Mr. Lloyd is known as the love doctor in New Orleans from a column he wrote, and just has some advice for relationships as well. So just a little bit of everything, advice on life, love, and everything in between, just like the episode title says. So stay tuned and listen, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so thank you so much for joining me. This is the Victory Podcast, and I have the lovely pleasure and distinct honor to have a close family friend of mine, Mr. Lloyd Dennis, who has quite the history in the life, and more than I was even aware of before prepping for this interview. Thank you, Mr. Lloyd. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, time passing, you know, aging a little bit, but uh, trying to age gracefully.
0: Oh, you are clearly. If the folks could see, he is, um, as they say, black don't crack. And he's looking (laughs) real nice. Looks real good for considering. How old are you, Mr. Lloyd? Can I ask that question?
1: Actually, uh, the day before Christmas was my 69th birthday.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, so I've been on the planet for 69 years.
0: Amen. Hallelujah.
1: Yeah. Glad to be on, still be on the planet.
0: Right. Right, many of folks went home this year for sure. Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk a bit about um, maybe some give the folks a little background on one how we know each other, um, a little bit about your history, and we're going to talk on the, with Mr. Lloyd on a couple of topics. He's done a lot in the photography space. He's been published nationally. Internationally, I believe as well, mm. um, with his photography, met a lot of folks. Any interesting stories he's going to share? Maybe a few tidbits there. And then um, his work—he's done with what's called the Silverback Society, um, with helping youth and um, helping to develop them, especially um, emphasis on folks with without mes- necessarily a, a paternal figure in their home or not a strong paternal figure. So, um, yeah, let's just give the folks a rundown about how we know each other and a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, uh, Monique is uh, the the child of uh, a young man. I, sometimes I tell him when I see him, I help raise uh, uh, Troy Henry. Uh, he grew up around the corner. Uh, we lived in a uh, community called the Lower Ninth War and uh, the family lived right around the corner. Uh, her her uh, grandfather was my first employer, uh, Mr. Sterling Henry, and so our families have kind of been connected by uh, and my wife was uh, good friends, or uh, dad was good friends with, 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 with uh, your grandfather. So our families have been connected uh, for quite some time and in, and, se- and in several different ways. And so I kind of had the pleasure of watching uh, Monique become and uh, part, part of that when uh, they got back in the town. And, and so it's just a pleasure to always see young people like the, like the senior said, turned out well. And so it's it's kind of fun sitting here uh, across Skype looking at you and watching you uh, operate as a full-grown person in our mm-hmm. society because that's not how we met. And you probably <laughs> left before I really knew you were grown real good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But our families have been uh, connected. Uh, for years uh I I like he, like it was the first employment that I had that's where I learned everything I needed to know about customer service uh Dr. Watkins and and uh, Sterling your, your grandfather they were uh, small businessmen operated in uh, an African American community as, as pharmacists and and uh kind of they were kind of like a Walgreens before Walgreens uh, because you not they not only had a pharmacy, but you know you could go in there and get you some milk and and uh, buy a soda and uh, buy cleanings, buy the things that that people in the neighborhood needed. Uh, and so uh, my wife and I both were well grounded in terms of customer service and, and dealing with the public because of that. I, and uh, and we also inspired. Uh, your grandparents are the couple that I don't know if you know this, but you did a couple that we modeled our lives on.
0: Mm, I did not know that.
1: Well, if you, if you noticed, uh, your grandfather's a loud, flashy woman. Uh, and my wife is a kind of a loud, flashy woman and mm-hmm. love them both. And, uh, Sterling's a small businessman. And, uh, that's how we lived our lives. Um, doing business in community and, uh, Those customer service lessons really, really paid off. And uh, I I guess my livelihood uh, benefited from the fact that we knew how to treat people Mm -hmm. and knew how to run good business because we we were actually part of a small business operation in the the lower ninth world.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That's how we that's how we are connected in the universe uh, the photography business really came out of uh, that inspiration to be independent, uh, that inspiration to 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 make your own money in the community, in the community, from the community. And so uh, we we did that, and uh, we married young and uh, kind of kept things going. I'm still, we're still married, and uh, so yeah, life is good. The photography business was more or less. Uh, one of the things that, that happened in my life was is I was always the first black in terms of my corporate opportunities. Uh, went in the military. Uh, I trained in electronics, came out uh, very well qualified. But I found myself, this was in 1960, no, 1974. Mm-hmm. And I found myself wherever I landed. Because I was a technically, because I was technically trained, I found myself being like the only, the only and first black that had ever done that at that particular place. The mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it was that was okay for a while, but uh, after a while, you got weary of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just working in corporate America just just I had too many scars and bumps and bruises, and decided that I just didn't want to deal with that anymore. I didn't want to have to confront racism on a daily basis anymore. And so I set up shop, did photography as a photographer, serving uh, almost exclusively for 20, 25 years, the African-American community. And then uh, other folk kind of discovered my skills and talents and, and uh, found, they found a way to, to put me to work in the general community in New Orleans. But we did well. We uh, we ended up be, uh we broke some barriers down, uh, became one of the one of the first African-American photographers to actually work in public relations and marketing in in the city of New Orleans, uh, you know, embraced by the, by the, by the bigger, well, not bigger, it wasn't bigger, but the, the, the wealthier communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, but, but I became a businessman because I needed to be independent and I wanted to be like Mr. Sterling. <laughs> yeah <laughs> for a sure be the boss and uh yeah so that's what i've done i had the opportunity to teach while i did that uh and this kind of segues into uh my involvement with young people now uh, for what sure. happened, uh, uh th- th- there was a cry about they needed black men in the classroom and so uh we had pretty much finished raising the kids and and so i i, I there was an help wanted to add for a photography uh, teacher at a vocational high school. And, uh, I looked at my wife. She, she said, well, you know how you are. I had always been involved with young people in community. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was an African-American lived in an African-American community and I was, my house was one of the, one of the, I guess minority of homes that had a father kind of taking care of business. So, uh, Kids in the neighborhood uh, found their way to my door whenever they needed a coach. Or, uh, and once you start doing that stuff, the kids uh, the kids know it and uh, they know your heart's in it. And so we started working with kids like that. But then this teaching opportunity came along and uh, I, I, I went for it and uh, taught three years. I taught photography for three years at Rob Wayne High School in New Orleans and i learned a lot uh i learned a whole lot one of the things i learned is that uh once young people understand the value of learning something i mean in in their heart in their soul once they understand and accept that you kind of got to get out their way they're going to learn what they need what they what they want to learn uh and the other thing that i learned was that uh Kids that grow up in homes that don't have uh, that, let's say, have not accessed the benefits of education, of higher education or, or continued education or, or technical training. Kids who grow up in those situations tend to uh, tend to not value them, not value those things, and really don't understand what school is trying to accomplish for them.
0: Mm,
1: mm-hmm. I discovered, you know, that there were kids that would... Freshman year was like a social activity, getting with the girls, getting making new friends. Sophomore year, kind of more of the same, and the kids really didn't understand the the value and importance of getting that algebra down, of mm-hmm. uh, those uh, compositional skills that, that, that you really need to accomplish. They really didn't make that connection Uh, nobody made that connection for them. And so they really didn't take school seriously until halfway through the junior year. And it was too late. Uh Had already blown off algebra. Uh, They had already uh, gone lacking those, those compositional skills that they might have acquired. Had they applied themselves, had they valued and made a connection between that and good living. And so having learned that, having learned that, that, in that and while I taught later on in life it, it just happened that uh you know I was continually involved in and in, in, uh, in community but as an activist and I, and I define an activist as a person in community who, who puts energy and time into uh helping others do the right thing in other words to 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 uh, advocate for uh change to advocate for things that, that were needed and necessary and uh should be in com- in our community mm-hmm. and so i was an activist i went to meetings and we participated in in uh p- political stuff but all in an effort to to uh i guess to get the world to treat my community better and provide a uh, better support for for children and and what we need in the, in, in the african-american community mm-hmm. And then uh, a, a young man that uh, I had been an activist with in community, he kind of flipped it on us and he said, look, Lord, there, there must be something that you and I can take and do with our own time, uh, with, with our own resources to make a difference for some children in this community. Yeah. That, the, the switch was flipping from activism to direct action. In other words, not trying to get other people to do stuff but embracing, doing, becoming part of the solution yourself, seeing yourself as a solution,
0: uh-huh.
1: and so Pastor and I uh, decided that we were going to do that. Uh, Arthur were he's uh, he, he, he's he's no longer with us. Uh, he passed away a couple of years in. Uh, mm. But anyway, we uh, there was this this uh, elementary school principal. I was having a really difficult time with the little boys on her campus, her eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade boys. And uh, to the extent that she had a full time police resource officer on the campus, the the campus was on uh, the corner of a a housing development. So uh, she opened her arms widely and, and Pastor and I went in and started working with these kids, these little boys. And we we both of us had had experiences working with children, young people. Uh, you know, me in my community, he is a coach and a, and a teacher. I taught for a minute, and so we understood we had to structure whatever we did with these kids. We had to structure, and so he and I put our heads together and we we, we literally developed a curriculum, in uh, basically the stuff that you should have learned from your daddy. Uh, if you had a if you had a father in the home who had the wherewithal, uh, you you would have learned these things. And uh, we started teaching and uh, hung out with the little brothers. Every week, showed up. We knew commitment uh, and consistency were important, and when you work with kids, mm-hmm. we showed up, and the kids, over a period of time, uh, wanted to be like us. And uh, we were able to teach him the, 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 some values, teach him some ways to be, we call them the seven silverback ways. And it's ways that if the child, if the young person adopts those ways, then the world is gonna treat him a little bit different and, and, and deal with him a little bit differently. Uh, and, and again, these are things that he didn't have people in, in his environment to teach him. Because if, if they knew him, they wouldn't be living in the, in the, in the hood. Uh, We see the hood as a a place that uh, became a place uh, after integration. Uh, When integration came through the South, what it meant was that uh, the the families that had fathers in the house, uh, two parents, uh, the wherewithal and resources of two parents were the ones that could afford to move out of the old neighborhood. Uh, and they did, and they did, and they they uh, went moved into what we call suburbia, uh, and what left got left behind were the families that didn't have men. And uh, over several generations, that's become normalized in those communities, and the neighborhood turned into the hood. Uh, when I grew when I was growing up in the neighborhood. There were poor kids in the neighborhood, but in the same block you had the postal worker, you had you had your grandfather, farmer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you had all kinds of professionals, and so even the kids that didn't have fathers in the home were exposed to what fathers do. Yeah. You know, we, so so the whole thing changed once once integration happened, and so now what we what we found out is that the only way that these children are going to learn. To become, they don't even these little boys don't even know they're supposed to become something. Mm. And, um, and I always tell people, and, and I say it kind of half jokingly, is that, that you know we this this is a community where men get basically all the sex that they want, and they don't have to become anything. They mm. don't uh, they don't have to be productive, and it's considered normal. It's not that they bad people. It's just, that's just the way it is. So little boys don't even know they're supposed to become something unless somebody shows up uh spends time with them uh and teaches them what they need to know to survive in in, in the in a bigger world uh and prove that it's possible uh and and so we tell our stories you know i I tell my stories about some of the trials and tribulations I went through as an african american in, in in uh in the military in in my first few jobs uh and it's like I said, that's one of the reasons I, I became independent is because I got tired fighting that fight every time I had a new job. Uh, and, and it just after a while, being the first black uh, got old. I guess I burned out. I guess mm. I, burned out. I burned out of, of that. And so I've been a photographer and then I ran into this new career. I didn't know I was going to be doing this. Uh, we started the civil back society in uh, two thousand and seven and so now uh, you know we're we're over ten years, eleven to 12 years in, and uh, it's become huge. now uh, we have one hundred and thirty African American men who uh, this year will be working with six hundred kids Wow at seventeen elementary schools and uh, to date, because we've grown you know slowly over the years, to date, we've accumulated we we, we can count four thousand boys that have learned the ways of uh, of real respect and responsible manhood. And uh, what's interesting is is these these boys, uh New Orleans is one of the few large cities i I, I think that is, that's having a decline in uh, violent crime. And uh, we believe that that these 4,000 boys are part of a, a movement of young young among young men in the city that kind of get it, and who uh, who want to provide better lives for their children than was provided for them. Uh, so we're excited about that work. Uh, really excited about that work. I, I've been told that I reinvent myself about every. Uh, <laughs> Seven to 10 years. And uh, what's interesting is, is that we uh, you hear some noise in the background because there's construction going on in, in our home mm. uh, because we're uh, we're going into the uh, Airbnb business. Uh, oh, there you go. We, we had that. We bought a, a pretty spacious home, but now it's too big for two elders and a dog. And uh, so we're converting uh, the upstairs into two uh, B&B suites. We're going to call it the Dennis Guest House. There you go. And we're naming uh, one of the suites after my wife's mother, Barbara. Okay. And uh, the other one after my mother, Lorraine. And the reason we're doing that is that when we originally bought the house, uh, this is, this is uh, you know, we, we brought them both over here and uh, showed them these rooms upstairs. And let them know right then and there that that we when we purchased the house we intended that this would be one day this would be here for you, uh, mm. for the two of them. And my mother still lives with us actually. Uh, mm. Bar- Barbara only spent a short time with us uh, before she passed away, but uh, mom's still my mom's still here. And so, uh, yeah. So I guess we we're going into the 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 uh, accommodations business now. There and, you go. Kind of looking forward to that because um, one of the things, uh, in New Orleans, I have a nickname. Uh, they call me the Love Doctor.
0: Tell the folks a little bit about, one, how you got that nickname and maybe a little bit that you've done with it in that space.
1: Well, I, I, uh, one of the things that, that my, my, my uh, mother and my father were both great people, but they didn't have a really good marriage. Uh, and as a kid, I had I had decided that's why your grandparents became our model because they had a great marriage, mm-hmm. uh, and and so basically my when when uh, my wife Ann and I uh, hooked up as as teenagers, and we looked around we we uh, there would be times where we would have conversations and 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 they would say well what would Sterling and Alvey do. Uh, literally, for us to decide uh, direction in our lives. But uh, yeah, so uh, the love doctor came out of this 14 year old kid who really wanted to make sure that he had uh, a happy marriage and that his wife was happy and stuff like that. So I kind of paid attention to things I, I think that most people didn't. I, I think when you grow up in a, in a strong loving environment of of happy people, you you sometimes uh, just assume that that's the way it is, and you don't really don't pay attention. So anyway, I paid attention, and I was dogged and determined. Uh, my wife and I got married very young; she was eighteen, I was twenty, and we were dogged and determined to prove the naysayers wrong, and that mm-hmm. we were. And so we lived this life, and uh, you know, and the life was based on things that we learned from from like I say from y- your. Uh, your grandparents, uh, straight up, uh, you know, there were maybe one or two other couples that we might think about, but uh, so we learned what we learned from them. But I've always been, uh, I had great English teachers. And because I had great English teachers uh, at St. Augustine High School in New Orleans, I, uh, I've become, uh, I, which people consider to be a, I mean, a, a, an accomplished writer. And so these things that I knew and understood, these ideas about relationships and raising kids and living in community, I began writing a column. Uh, it was the, the, the newspaper publisher's sister is the one that gave me the name Love Doctor because she was having some issues in her own relationship and kind of picking my brain. Uh, and, you know, and, and the responses based on the responses that I gave, she said, man, you a love doctor. You ought, you, ought, you, ought, you ought to write a love doctor, And she talked her brother into allowing a photographer mm. to write a, a relationship uh, column. A column. Wow. And but the first five years, nobody knew who wrote the column. It was just this the, the anonymous love doctor. And so uh, I, that's what I've become. And so now it's kind of all going for, and our love doctor also is this person that loves to uh, get out and have a good time in New Orleans. Uh, We listen to great music. We go eat wonderful food. we, We hang out in really the best places to have fun in New Orleans for grown folk. And so it's kind of full circle. So as we see ourselves moving into Providing accommodations to guests in New Orleans, we're we going to let them have a little taste of the love doctor, too, and kind of kind of help them figure out uh, how to have a really, really good time in New Orleans based on the things that we know. Uh, so, yes, life is good. Life is good, Monique. Uh, and I haven't talked that much about myself in a while. so.
0: No, it's good. <clears throat> You know. It's good. It's a lot that I, you know, we like uh,
1: Mr. Lord has mentioned,
0: you and I have known each other through only honestly through the lens of like photography and then one of your sons being friends with my brother. And that's kind of mm-hmm. like the the bucket right. in which I really knew you. But then when I went and I was like, man, let me just look. And I saw your website and I was like, let me look at this bio. And I was like, oh, such a long and robust history.
1: You know what one, happened? Go ahead. It happens. I, never, yeah. I didn't plan any of this. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I'm one of the most unplanned persons in, in the universe. Uh, I live by, uh, plan. planning can be very disappointing. So I, I live by, uh, I live with principle. In other words, I live with principle and I try to have purpose and I keep moving. And uh, I really believe that, that, that if you do those things, you're going to end up where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be and and uh, life's been good like that. Uh, and so it, it don't stress out over what if, just kind of keep yourself uh, prepared for new and different things. Uh, Cause you know, some people think I'm nuts for renovating a property when I'm 69 years old, but then we got to turn it into money to supplement our income. There you go. Uh, you know, that we, we turn in this big lemon into a a, a lot of lemonade and uh it wasn't a lemon it's we loved the house but it was just too big for us now now yeah we had had a point in life where uh it would serve us well if it produced uh, some revenue and some fun
0: yeah i think it'll be good a lot of people in the city and and even in the part of the city you live in um are doing the airbnb thing because so many people want to come to and I've said this on earlier episodes of the podcast. New Orleans is one of the most unique cultures in the world. Not,
1: um, I, I always claim the place where it's the, the only only authentic culture left in America. I agree. You know, because I tell folk all the time, I say, you know, you come from Mardi Gras, but we'd have Mardi Gras whether you came or not. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd have second lines whether you came or not. So, so we, you know, people get to come and enjoy what we enjoy. Like even the the better, the better food in New Orleans is, is when people come, they want to eat the food that we eat, the the dookie chase, uh, the the, the, the yeah. little dizzies, uh, you know, and 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 those those places where we eat basically what we've been eating for a long, long time, what our grand, what my grandmother cooked,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah, but uh so you know that's 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 Lloyd uh Lloyd would would wouldn't be Lloyd without uh without Ann um and that's something you need to to understand a, a, about me me and my boo because I was all gonna say crying, you
0: gotta I barely ever hear you call her Anne. I was like
1: no, oh yeah boo, yeah and everybody <laughs> it's funny when we're out in the street uh people recognize me because I'm kind of active on Facebook and and uh I'm active in community. Been active in community. I had a TV show for uh for about eight years, uh, with another gentleman where we uh, called "Between the Lines," where we really dug into the issues and spoke truth to power. Uh, and so, so lots of people know us. But everybody that knows me knows uh, my wife is Miss. They call her Miss Boo, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and she's. She's, uh, that's my partner. That's my partner. Uh, I you know, we, we, we were just, we were just, we were just, because, cause we're going through this construction project, right? And we were just noting the other day that how, how much more intense, I, I guess, how much we enjoy when we're involved in stuff like where we got each other's back and one of us is looking out and, you know, when we, when we doing this stuff together, yeah. uh, facing some challenges together uh, and, and doing some creative stuff together. That's one of the beauties of, of, of us working together as, as in the photography world is that we she was actually the, the more creative person. I was more technical. In other words, I, I understood everything about the science of photography photography and film and equipment. Uh, I understood all the rules of composition and stuff like that, but she was the really creative soul that would like, uh, quite often just push me a little bit past where I was satisfied and comfort because I had gotten everything quote, right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she would just sometimes push me a little bit past that. Uh, so she, she's, uh, we were, we're a hell of a team together. Uh, a heck of a team together
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, yeah so so that's that's lloyd yeah dennis lloyd and boo
0: so what is you if y'all have been married for how long
1: uh 49 years lord
0: lord lord 49 years much longer than i've been alive
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i hope so
0: So what would you say? I mean, that's a long time, especially in today's day and age. Um, what do you I know you say you modeled your marriage after my grandparents. And um, what would you say one or two like things that like themes in your marriage or things that you've always tried to say consistent on that, that you think looking back now probably have helped to sustain you all over the years of having children and changing the different careers and all that all that's gone in in your life and your life together? um if there's one or two little nuggets that would be good i think for folks
1: i think we uh we have very few arguments about who is right and quite a few conversations about what's right mm. and and that's those are two different things cuz when you're arguing about who is right nobody's listening mm Whereas if you're trying to, if you are genuinely two people trying to figure out uh, what's right, that's right. that's a, that's a whole different mindset, and uh, and it's and it's about figuring out what 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 is what is the right thing for us to do. Uh, and once again, I the, the you know, and I'm not just saying this to 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 to, 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 to flatter you or your family, but. But uh, the the impact of uh, of that experience at H and W drugstore on our lives, uh, you know, you 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 begin to learn that it ain't about you. It's 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 about what you do, uh, and and if you focus on what you do, you are gonna be all right, cause community is gonna take care. I remember that working in that drug store for so many, many, many years and and you know, you would hear about businesses being robbed and this, that, and the other. And Mr Mr. Watkins and Mr. Henry, they, they didn't have any of that issue. Mm-hmm. They were just they were just that well respected in community. Uh, people could come in who didn't have enough money and and go have a quiet conversation where nobody knew but them hmm That 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 uh, you know, Sterling or Mr. Henry had slipped them a few or uh they just treated everybody. My, the biggest chewing out I got at the drugstore was when I, I mistreated a wino. Uh that came in the the, the the store. And I and I said something a little disrespectful and uh I got very, very well dressed out. Uh hmm uh, where Sterling said, uh, there's only two words you use when you're speaking to my customer. That is sir and ma'am. He says, yeah. if, you, if, if I ever hear you addressing anybody like, hey, you, uh, 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 with, with, without using those those words, he, he says, you're going to get fired. So I'm not going to fire you because I don't think you understood and I understood from that point on and to this day if i'm if I'm dealing with somebody and I don't know their name it's sir and ma'am and it that's that has served me well and I think that serves you well in your relationship too is that yeah. uh, you know you, you you have to be careful with your words uh, you have 100%. to be respectful you have to be respectful uh with your words uh and, and so, you know, I, I, I think we've learned. I, uh, my wife has helped me learn a lot of things. Uh, I think she had to, we, we've learned from each other. But but at the heart of it, it was always a sincerity about wanting to do what's right. I want you to be happy. And we both understood that uh, that you can't be happy if your partner's not. And and, and so there's a lot of compromise and you're two different people. And so, you know, you, you, we need to cooperate. And sometimes I need to try what you like and you need to try what I like. And, uh, and I've learned to enjoy some things that I didn't used to enjoy when I was younger. And I I think the same with her.
0: Yep. Well, this has been, I've taken, been looking over and taking notes. If you've seen my eyes drift away to, to try and take some notes for myself as a newly married, newly married woman. I've been with my husband. We've been together for seven years, but we've been married for
1: just over two. Um, so it takes takes about 10 years to get married. Yeah. So just understand and think about the difference in expectation.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what we've been trying to be clear of, of, trying not to put all these expectations of what, you know, everyone comes in with their idea of what marriages or being in a relationship is and to put that on the other person is not fair.
1: No. Yep, it's it's a you have to build the relationship. The mm-hmm. relationship is a thing. Uh it it yep. takes love and care and attention and time. Time. Yeah. And time, and time. And and so you know you have to you have to invest in the relationship and um, you know it, it it it's worth it. Uh Oh yeah. I can't imagine being at this point in life and not having somebody that cared about me just because I'm me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because, because, uh, right.
0: Yeah. I think for us, one of the interesting, and I was surprised looking back now about how good it was for our relationship when we moved to Canada together, because we were really each other's like everything because there's no, I'm
1: go ahead. with us. When I when I first went into the military, we uh, we left New Orleans with a four by six U-Haul trailer, full of everything we owned in the universe, mm-hmm. uh, two hundred dollars, and we ended up in Blytheville, Arkansas. Oh my,
0: that does not
1: sound yeah. like a
0: huge city at all.
1: No, it, and and there was some trauma involved, but there was also some wonderful stuff that came out of that. Yeah. But but that's kind of what happened. We were it was like us back to back. Me and you, me and you, we got it with me and you again, not against the world, but me and you have, we have to face the world and we certainly need to be able to depend on one another. Yeah. That, that, that is, that is the basic thing. And we have to be there for one another. Uh, You know, if you want, you know, if you want to have someone in your life, then you have to figure out what they need from you.
0: Yeah. Versus what you need from them.
1: Right. And and there's nothing wrong with communicating what you need from the other person. Cause uh, I, I think too many people spend too much time trying to read minds or <laughs> being upset with somebody because they, Cause can't, they
0: can't read your mind,
1: you know, and they grew up in a different environment, a different house. Uh, one of the pieces I wrote is I say, so in your house folded arms may mean something in terms of communication whereas in my house all it meant was you uh-huh. need to turn the heat up <laughs> you know, but but if I did if I, if I if I was to do that in your presence you would read a whole lot of things into me having my arms folded whereas whereas in in in, in my house it didn't mean anything yeah. so you know f- f- uh the the, the signals uh, a lot of communication is already uh kind of programmed and we'll, we'll think we're expressing ourselves when the other person they're not, they're not getting it at all. I don't know what that look is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the look your mom used to give your dad and everybody in your house understands what that look means.
0: But I ain't been in your house.
1: To, right. Mm-hmm. To me it doesn't mean anything. So we you know, and then once you figure that kind of stuff out, it's like, okay, okay, we two good people. Yep. You know, I care about you, you care about me, so you know, what what, what what are we doing tomorrow you know uh, you know right right it, it really ain't rocket science
0: no uh,
1: but you got to get out of yourself
0: yeah i think that's that's the key for sure that we've learned and um it's interesting with my husband and i because we both um both of our parents are now divorced right so like There's bits you can learn even out of that, I think, especially my parents haven't been married for a long time. They were married for 25 years. And I think the best lesson, and we talked about this the other day when, excuse me, we were walking around. And the best lesson I think we learned um, is one thing is out of any relationship you observe and see, there's things you want to take from that, like that you've learned. And like, I'd like to put that port in my life. And there's things you want to leave. Like, I do not want to do that. Right. And so I think we both have learned a lot of the, the, the things to take and the things to leave. So I think the things to take is to work together. And I think I've seen that with my parents and them, you know, being supportive of each other when the times were good and things like that. And I think what I want to work and, and do better at was communicating and developing and continuing to keep our relationship, myself and my husband's relationship strong. Because mm-hmm. I don't think, I think, and this happens with a lot of, Couples, especially when you have kids, is that you get caught into like the logistics of children. You write, drop off, pick up, diaper change, food, all these things. That if you don't continue to develop the couple relationship, once the kids are grown, it's kind of like you're looking across the couch, like, who's that?
1: Who are you? Right, right. Yeah, you got to fan the flames. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know you have to fan the flames you have to do things intentionally uh to to keep the keep the relationship good uh yeah with us we've always we've always uh, found ways to get away from the kids in terms of travel or babysitters uh you know in the summertime the grandparents got the kids for a week uh you know because kids will will kids will destroy the very relationship that that's supposed to, uh, you know, make their lives safe and secure. Uh, mm-hmm. if you let them, if you let them, uh, you know, and the other thing is, is that, you know, you raise, you know, you, you guys were well raised, uh, you were well raised, you were raised in a way where it ain't about you. You had responsibilities. Uh, your, your, your prosperity, uh, didn't come across as, uh, What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, entitlement.
0: Oh uh, no, yeah, no. actually quite the. Op- my parents worked right. really hard to do the opposite of right. uh, like, look, you don't need to tell people what well, we got and this this and right. that. Look, it's just right. we do our little bit here and there. That's always been right. that's one of the takes with me is that my father has done a lot of stuff in the community, but doesn't like to do it like in front of ten thousand
1: people. Right. And well, just
0: does it and gets it done.
1: His father was like that too. Sterling yeah. was like that. Uh, very. It's funny. On one hand, very out front and kind of uh, in your face guy. Uh, but then on the other hand, really humble. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing I learned from from Sterling is uh, happy wife, happy life. Happy life.
0: <laughs> These are facts. Yeah. You know my grandma. She yeah. got her way. She do even right. today. She got her little schedule. Right. She does what she does, right. and it's consistent.
1: Albie, yeah, Alvi, And don't do you it.
0: mess with it.
1: And Alvi gonna do what Alvi do, and she do And then,
0: and I wish she would say something about
1: it. And she don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she don't care. She's gonna be her. And uh, mm-hmm. like I said, a uh, married one who became a lot like her. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My boo suffers very few fools. You know, if you know what I'm saying but uh, yeah so this has been a treat
0: yeah this has been good Um, so so just to wrap up so what are some good ways if people are interested in the Silverback Society or supporting that or um, things of that nature how can they do that or find you online any of that space
1: we, we have a robust uh, website silverbacksociety.com silverbacksociety.com Uh, It's robust. Uh, It's got a lot of information. You can donate. You can subscribe to our newsletters. Uh, And and people who are are not in New Orleans, the the one thing I hope the the website can do is help inspire other communities. Uh, We're actually working on codifying our methodologies because evidently nobody has done this uh, as consistently and as as, uh, to scale that, that we have. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is, is put that information in a way that uh, other, other communities can take advantage of it. So uh, my wife reminded me that I, got, I, I should get back to working on that writing now. Uh, I'm about to uh, transition out of the leadership of the Civil Black Society. Uh, and I've hired a, a young man to, to come behind me. But if you go to the website, just know that, that uh, all it takes for young people to see the light is to be able to see the light, if that makes sense. And, and, mm-hmm. that, and that if you accomplish something in, in, in America, you may be the light a child needs to see. Every person I know that's achieved anything significant in life can remember at least once looking up at somebody else and saying, I want to be like that. And uh, so that's the opportunity that we provide for these kids is you get a bunch of black men, and you get to look up, hear their stories, and 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 decide that you want to be like they want that like they are, and you want to take three four cruises a year with your boo too. <laughs>
0: there you go, that's yeah. the dream right there.
1: Well, that's that's uh you know, the book says don't hide your light under a basket. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I have been very conscious about. Our responsibility as the love doctor to let other people know that it's possible that you can do it, and that uh, it's worth doing. It's worth doing. Living a life, loving, uh, in a, loving, loving in a certain way, and uh, just being in community. It's worth it. I, I really love my life. I love the way I'm treated in the city. Uh, I love the people. Who People are always trying to do nice things for us these days. And uh, I think sometimes life adds up to that. Well,
0: there you go. With that, we'll wrap this interview. Thank you so much, Mr. Lloyd. Um, and thanks for sitting down with us today.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: All righty. Well, That was an awesome episode. And I want to, again, thank Mr. Lloyd Dennis for joining me um, on this episode. Lots of great information. If you want some detailed show notes, go ahead and check out our website, thevictorypodcast.com. I tried to kind of spell a lot of the great information, both on Mr. Lloyd's background, as well as some tidbits. On there, you'll also find links to thesilverbacksociety.com if you are interested Stayed in donating and being a part of that or um, want to just learn more, um, I also will provide a link there um, to Mr. Lloyd Dennis's personal website as well, lloyddennis.com. Um, thank you so much for listening. As always, I encourage you to share this podcast with your friends. We're located on a number of different um, interfaces pretty much everywhere you find your podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Podbean Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, and everywhere in between. Um, please, please, please share with your friends, family, and maybe even your enemies. Um, also check us out on all the social media main social media pro- platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And all of those were at the T-H-E-V-I-C-T-O-R-Y pod at The Victory Pod. And then as always, you can find us on our website, thevictorypodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. As I always say, every problem has a solution. It's whether you're willing to do the work to find it. Let's do the work and be victorious.